Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness. It's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. This is Jared St. Clair. I'm your host each and every Saturday morning on Vitality Radio. We come from 9 to 10 a.m. for the last nine years, bringing you a slightly alternative view to some of the things that you hear on the radio, such as that uh, last public service announcement from cancer.org, the American Cancer Society. And uh, we're going to be talking about propaganda today. Man, that was perfect. I swear to you, I did not ask for them to play that right before this, but it was so good. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Vitality Radio brought to you by Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful at 107 South, 500 West. You can call us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Anytime you have a question about anything you hear on the show, that's a good place to go. You can also check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Vitality Radio. Or you can hit us up on our website. We've got a lot of good information there, everything from recipes to a great newsletter and all kinds of other stuff at vitalitynutrition.com. So, yeah, that's uh, that's who we are, Vitality Nutrition, serving Utah for the last 40 years. If you are not in the local area, anywhere near Bountiful, that's okay. That's why we have phones and Internet and a variety of other ways that we can communicate with you and help you out. So if you need anything, we can take care of you in Bountiful, no matter where you are within the sound of my voice. Again, my name is Jared St. Clair. Give us a call if you have questions, 801-292-6662. So, yeah. Interesting stuff. You know, sometimes things just happen like they should. And uh, I want to touch on some very uh, hot topics this uh, cold and flu season. We're going to talk about the flu vaccine quite a bit here in just a minute. But we're also going to talk about four or five misconceptions about your health, things that you probably think you know that you actually have been misguided in uh, by The media, uh, marketers probably to a large extent. In fact, I'd say marketers to the highest extent. And uh, we're going to discuss what the truth is about those things versus these misconceptions. And I think they'll be very interesting to you having to do with things like multivitamins and fish oil capsules and uh, natural pain relievers and so on and so forth. So we're going to go on uh, through those topics today. But first, I must get something off my chest. It's time for the morning rant. In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smoke screens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. All righty. So, yeah, it's interesting. You know, my 
topic for the rant today is propaganda uh, in healthcare. And then right before my show starts up, we have a spot from cancer.org, aka the American Cancer Society. And here's what I want to get clear really, really fast. Um, that person that was on the radio, whether she was an actor or an actual uh, cancer uh, patient, makes no difference really. And what they've done with that commercial is they've played upon our emotions, right? Who doesn't know someone uh, who has dealt with cancer, is currently dealing with cancer, has died from cancer, or maybe you are someone who has cancer or has had it yourself. It's all over the place in this country, all types of cancer. Most of these rates are on the rise at this point. And we are talking about things like uh, in men, prostate cancer, one out of seven of us, they're now saying we'll get it at some point in our lives. If we live to be past the age of 80, we may have a one in two chance of prostate cancer. If you are a woman, you have a very high risk of the feminine cancers, uh, things like breast cancer, ovarian cancer, uterine cancer, and so on and so forth. And these rates are going up. Now, early detection is always the thing, right? You want to get tested and detect it before it becomes something big. And early detection of breast cancer in particular, which has been a big push by the Susan Komen Foundation, the pinkwash people, uh, they have done a great job of uh, promoting that, right? I mean, here in, it's, what are we, we're in October, so I believe it will be this Sunday uh, that we'll start seeing uh, pink on NFL uniforms. I can't remember exactly when they do it. It might be next Sunday. But anyway, for about a month, you'll see pink all over the NFL. You'll see pink Play yogurt containers and so on and so forth. And what I want to get at about this cancer thing is not that we shouldn't feel bad for this person who is dealing with chemotherapy because anybody that's seen anybody go through chemotherapy recognizes that that's a horrible thing to have to go through. What we have to recognize is what she's asking us to donate to, cancer.org. What is cancer.org? It's the American Cancer Society, and what is that? That is an organization that is specifically bringing in money uh, on their own and from places like Susan G. Komen Foundation to research cancer what? Cures. Cancer cures. That's what we're researching. Well, that sounds good, right? Who doesn't want a cure for cancer? Well... It's interesting, though, because if you start to dig a little deeper, you recognize there are a lot of things that can be done to cure cancer that have already been found. But what we're looking for are bigger and more powerful and more expensive drugs and therapies that can potentially prolong life and cure cancer. And I just don't know how many billions of dollars we can dump into this thing before we recognize that what we ought to be focusing on is not the cure, but the prevention of this disease in the first place. And where is the focus on that? Where is cancer.org going with their money to focus on prevention? Well, it's about 1%, according to studies. About 1% of the money raised is going to study preventative things for cancer. Why? Why 1%? Well, how does that make sense at all? Wouldn't you, You've seen people go through chemotherapy. You've seen people go through radiation, radiation. I know you have. Maybe somebody close, somebody that you love, maybe you yourself. It's awful. The treatment is awful. The disease is awful. These are not good things. The C word is very, very scary to people in America because we've all seen it happen. So why not prevent it? 
rather than just focusing on the cure, because I'll tell you what, there's a lot more money in the cure. So when I hear these public service announcements, which means I paid for them to air on the radio, and you paid for them to air on the radio, it gets me a little steamed because it is strictly propaganda. We are being propagandized like crazy. Now let's talk about the flu shot, what I was going to talk about in the first place. Tis the season, right? You can't pass a Walgreens, a Smith's, a Harmon's, a, you, know, you name it. If there's a place with a pharmacy in it, they've got posters and signs saying, come in and get your flu vaccine. And who is it recommended for? Every human being six months and older in this country. How many people is that? That's about 320 million people. I don't know how many I, I didn't do the math. I didn't figure out how many people in this country are under the age of six months. But the vast majority of people clearly are over the age of six months, which means we're somewhere in the neighborhood of 300-plus million people that are recommended to get a vaccine, including pregnant women. And it wasn't that long ago that pregnant women were only recommended after the first trimester. But then this council that is comprised of mostly pharmaceutical company representatives – decided that, no, every pregnant woman should get the flu vaccine. And then something happened. Just a couple of weeks ago, a study broke. And the study said, and this is according to the Centers for Disease Control, the biggest vaccine people of all, a recent study showed that women in early pregnancy who received two consecutive annual flu shots during 2010 and 2011 in 2011 and 2012, did have an increased risk of miscarriage in the 28 days after receiving the second vaccine. How big of an increase? Five times. Five times more likely to have a miscarriage if you had, if you were a pregnant woman who had an annual flu shot the year before and then also got an annual shot during your pregnancy the year later. You had a five times increase in miscarriage. It is one study, and they say it is not causal, meaning they don't know for sure that it's the flu shot that caused it. But what's interesting is that these women were having the miscarriage within 28 days after receiving that second vaccine. So there's at least smoke there, if not a fire, right? But what do we hear in the media? It's interesting what we hear in the media, because if you go, oh my heavens. If you go to the uh, Washington Post or USA Today or NBC News in the health section or yada, 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 just about anywhere that you can imagine that is uh, reporting on health, they will say that we don't really you know, want to raise any alarms with this study. We're not sure if this is really that big of a deal. In fact, the Washington Post, their opening line says, researchers studying the flu vaccine in pregnancy have found a hint of a possible link between miscarriage early in pregnancy and the flu vaccine in women who received the vaccine two years in a row. Researchers studying the flu vaccine in pregnancy have found a hint of a possible link. How could you make it sound any more minuscule than that, right? An inkling of a hint? Maybe they had that in there and the editor took it out. I don't know. But come on. A hint of a possible link. What the article should say is one study, and only one study so far, shows 
a possible link between early pregnancy vaccination and miscarriage at a five times higher rate. We need to look at more studies. We need to conduct more studies because what's happened is, guess what? It's unethical. It's unethical, they say, to do a double-blind study on people for vaccines because we all need these vaccines. We need the flu shot, and pregnant women are at a higher risk of complication if they get the flu, and so on and so on. And so we can't study it. We just have to assume it's safe. We have to assume that it works. But does it work anyway? Because this is the problem. We know unequivocally that it is not totally safe. The CDC itself says so. The World Health Organization says so. Vaccines are inherently unsafe. That's an actual quote from the CDC. So we know that they're not perfectly safe. So the question is, is the risk greater than the reward or is the reward greater than the risk? Because that's what the whole drug mentality is. If we're going to prescribe a drug, is the reward for utilizing the drug greater than the risk of utilizing that drug? And in the case of the flu vaccine, especially during pregnancy, now we have a study that says, well, maybe it's not. So how can they do this study if it's unethical? Because it was done on women who freely chose to either be vaccinated or not. They took 485 women uh, in those years who chose not to be vaccinated and 485 women who chose to be vaccinated and did the math and five times as many women in the vaccinated group had miscarriages. It's pretty simple within 28 days of having the vaccine. So now we know that there is at least some sort of a link, a hint of a possible link, according to the Washington Post. So here's another little tidbit from another article that was written on this, I believe, in USA Today. We don't really want people to panic over this headline, get your flu shot, it's safe, said Dr. Laura Riley, an obstetrician at Massachusetts General Hospital and Harvard Medical Center. Well, she's clearly an expert, right? She's an obstetrician at Massachusetts General and Harvard Medical School. That's got to be It's got to be a hard job to land. And so she says, we don't really want people to panic over the headline, get your flu shot, it's safe. What is that? How can she say that? We now have a study that says, well, maybe it's not safe. So what shouldn't her quote be, get your flu shot, it's more likely safe than not, or it's probably safe? No, because she's going to say it's safe because that's her job. Let's not scare anybody away from this flu vaccine and pregnancy. Let's talk about the flu vaccine itself, okay, and, and pregnant women. So if a, if a woman walks into Vitality Nutrition and she says, Jared, can I take this herb or this vitamin while I'm pregnant? You know what I have to say? I have to say, I don't know if it's safe. I don't know if it's safe because they've never studied it on pregnant women. So you should consult with your physician. And you know what they often say to me? My physician doesn't know anything about herbs. So how do I know? And so then I talk to them about, you know, historical use and things like that and tell them that they need to make up their mind whether or not they want to use that during pregnancy. But I can't recommend it because I don't know if it's safe. I think it's safe. I've never seen anybody have a problem with it. But that's called honesty, right? It's not honest for this doctor to say, get your flu shot during pregnancy. It's safe. That's a lie. We know flu shots aren't completely safe for anybody, and we have to assume, don't we, a little bit, 
that they're probably a little more unsafe for a mom who has a baby inside of her, especially in the first trimester? Because a lot of things aren't very safe in that first trimester. You've got to be a little more careful then, right? So for them to just dismiss this is a crock, but it is modern medicine and the media that likes to talk like this. So what's the deal with the flu shot, really? This is what I find interesting. The CDC for years, for years, has been telling us that the flu shot is great for preventing illness in 70 to 90 percent of all cases. 70 to 90 percent of people who get the flu shot are not going to get the flu because of it, right? They, they say that type A and type B influenza Influenza cause over 200,000 hospitalizations and 36,000 deaths in the U.S. every year. In April, however, the CDC had to backtrack and instead had to admit that it was wrong. Because for years, the CDC guessed these numbers, taking influenza-like illnesses such as pneumonia, respiratory, and circulatory diseases caused by other viruses or bacteria into account. As reported by uh, Vaccine Impact, there were about 37,000 Americans hospitalized for influenza in 2014, not 200,000. That's more than five times less the number that the CDC has been using to create fear and concern in the American people. So 37,000 actually hospitalized for influenza, not for something that looks like influenza symptomatically in 2014. Well, let's think about this. So they're saying to us, right, they're saying that 300 plus million of us should get this vaccine to prevent 37,000 hospitalizations. Okay, that's pretty small percentage, right? But let's just say that you buy into that and you say, okay, well, I, I'm going I'm to be rather safe than sorry because I could be one of those 37,000 people. Fine. If you want to buy that logic, that's fine. Then you have to also buy that the flu shot actually works. But does it work? Because most of the respiratory illnesses during the past two flu seasons were caused by other viruses and bacteria, which the flu shot doesn't fix, right? And what's interesting is the flu shot itself has been proven to be more ineffective than effective. In fact, only three percent of influenza A and 18 percent of influenza B were positive, uh, or sorry, of the people um, who have respiratory illnesses over the last few seasons have been positive for either influenza A or B. A very small percentage, under 20 percent. Over the years, flu vaccines have failed dramatically. During the flu season of 20, uh, 2004 and 2005, the flu shot failed 90 percent of the time. While during the 2014-2015 season, it failed 77% of the time. Overall, the CDC publicly admitted in January 2016 that more than half of the time, the seasonal flu vaccines are less than 50% efficient. So less than half on an annual basis of flu vaccines actually work according to CDC. And that's based on the fact that they didn't even guess right which strains of influenza we're going to circulate that next year because they have to do it a year in advance it is literally a guess i mean it's an educated guess it's a hypothesis i suppose but they're wrong more than half of the time so now that means that thirty-seven thousand number of people ended up in the hospital with the flu is more like eighteen thousand, right 
So now you're saying that 300 million people should be vaccinated to prevent 18,000 hospitalizations, assuming that that flu shot is 100% effective on the people that get the right specific strain of flu virus. And that's assuming that everybody gets vaccinated, but only about half of the people, 40-something percent, are getting vaccinated for the flu. And so that means that really maybe we're only preventing 8,000 hospitalizations or 7,500 which is a really small number. That's a really, really small number because we're talking about 300 million people. And what we do know is that the flu shot does have a, an actual link, not an inkling of a small, tiniest link, but an actual link to nervous system disorders that sometimes are permanent, autoimmune disease, And no, it doesn't happen in a high percentage of people, but it happens. And people do die from the flu shot. Not very many people, but people do die from it. So the question is this. Why is it that we're being told to take the flu shot unequivocally if we're six months or older every single year if we don't know it? Well, okay, let me start over. If we know it doesn't work more often than it does, If we know it has significant side effects, and if we know that these hospitalizations are very few and far between because of the actual flu itself, and if we believe that they may actually weaken the immune system, at least for a time, because there's also evidence of that, and especially in pregnant women and even more especially in six-month-olds. Because the flu just isn't that scary. They want to make it that scary. They want to say it's 200,000 people, but it's really like 37,000 people. And those 37,000 people don't all die, right? The vast majority of people don't. And that's, those are the ones that are hospitalized. More people get the flu than that. They don't talk about that. Hundreds of thousands of people get the flu and are fine. They're sick for a week or so, and then you're better. And guess what happens then? Your own immune system builds up antibodies like the vaccine's supposed to that can actually make you healthier for the next several seasons, which the flu shot doesn't do because they're telling us to do it annually. And what we really don't know, but we have lots of evidence to support, is what happens when you get it year after year after year after year after year because it stacks up on top of itself over and over and over again, the toxicity and the other things with this annual shot that doesn't work most of the time. So back to the whole propaganda thing. When you read that you've got to get your flu shot, you need to remember a couple of things. One is that the people who are saying that are actually being paid by the pharmaceutical industry to tell you that. And that's actually true because we know that the vaccine industry gives millions to the American Academy of Pediatrics for conferences, grants, medical education, classes, and even helped to build their headquarters. And the totals are kept secret. But we do know some things. This is according to a CBS investigative report, okay? 
$342,000 payment from Wyeth, the maker of the pneumococcal vaccine, which makes $2 billion a year in sales. They, they donated $342,000 to the American Academy of Pediatrics, which is a quote-unquote nonprofit. $433,000 contributed from Merck the same year that that academy endorsed Merck's HPV vaccine, which has made $1.5 billion a year and made a lot of people sick and dead. Another top donor, Sanofoy Aventis, maker of 17 vaccines and a new 5-in-1 combo shot just added to the childhood vaccine schedule last month. Every Child by Two, a group that promotes early immunization for all children, admits the group takes money from the vaccine industry too, but they wouldn't say how much. There are simply no conflicts to be unearthed, according to a spokesman. But guess who's listed as the group's treasurers? officials from Wyeth, and a paid advisor to big pharmaceutical clients. And the most outspoken defender of these vaccines is Paul Ofit, who owns a patent on more than two vaccines himself. And he's the guy that famously said a baby can tolerate 10,000 vaccines at once. So, we always have to rec- recognize the source. Everybody is marketing something to us, right? Including me on Vitality Radio. I talk about vitamins and minerals and herbs and many of these things that I talk about. I sell. I have a vested interest in the things I'm talking about. So you have to decide with what you're listening to coming out of my mouth has any merit to it. But one of the reasons that I rant every single Saturday is because my rant is about just plain telling you what I believe is truth that you aren't hearing other places. It has nothing to do with any vested interest. It has everything to do with my passion to try and get the truth out there. And sometimes I ruffle feathers with that, but I'll tell you, when we're looking at the flu vaccine, we really need to think again. Okay, that's the rant for today. I'm going to come back, and when I do, I'm going to clear up some other misconceptions about your health. You're listening to me, Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. All righty, welcome back. It is a beautiful Saturday morning. Oh, my heavens, what a beauty out there. I mean, we're talking early October, the crisp coolness in the morning and the evening. Mosquitoes, for the most part, have gone away, thank goodness. And yet it is gorgeous outside. It is. I can't see a cloud. I can only see sunshine. And uh, wow. What a beautiful day. Supposed to hit 70 today. This is what they call a perfect day. So please enjoy it. I hope you get some time outside today to get in on some of this because it is amazing. Look at the mountains. Take a take a drive in the canyon. It is absolutely spectacular. The reds, the oranges, the yellows coming out. Appreciate the environment that we have been given because today is a literal perfect day to do it. Absolutely amazing. Thank you for listening to me. I'm Jared St. Clair. This is Vitality Radio. It's brought to you every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. by Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful at 107 South, 500 West. You can give us a call anytime, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. You can find us on the web at vitalitynutrition.com. And you can also join us on Facebook, facebook.com 
slash Vitality Radio. I've been a little inactive on Facebook lately, and I apologize, but I'm going to start posting more articles to our Facebook page. I posted one today, the CBS uh, article that I just referenced, uh, the CBS News talking about the uh, corruption inside the the uh, recommendations about the flu shot and various other uh, vaccines. Pretty interesting stuff. And I love to take the information from mainstream media or from government sites uh, to use against some of the propaganda that they're throwing our way. It's, uh, it's quite fascinating, really. But now it's time for the primary topic of the day, and that is to clear up some misconceptions that you may hold uh, based on uh, the marketing that's been done or uh, education that you've received. And we're going to start with multivitamins. Man, there's it's an interesting topic. You wouldn't think it would be all that... Uh, all that controversial, but it kind of is because every once in a while, an article will come out that says that multivitamins may actually increase your risk of death uh, from all causes. That was an article that came out a couple of years ago, and uh, there will be articles that say that you know taking any more than the recommended daily allowance is a bad idea, uh, and yet there's 21,000 published studies that specifically show health benefits of things above the U.S. RDA, and so <laughs> so it's interesting. You know, when we were talking about studies before, <clears throat> excuse me, in the rant, we talked about how uh, the this new study came out saying that the flu shot, you know, might lead to more miscarriages, a higher rate of miscarriage, and it is one study, right? So we can't you can't base anything on one study very well. Uh, you need to have more studies, and there needs to be more time and more research, and I recognize that. But when you have 21,000 studies that show that there are benefits to taking things above the USRDA, then when the occasional study comes out saying, oh, maybe it's not such a good idea, you do have to weigh those studies out a little bit, right, uh, and look at the, uh, the bulk of the evidence as opposed to just the uh, little minority report there. But let's talk about multivitamins. What is a multivitamin? A multivitamin uh, inherently is designed to be a gap filler, right? Uh, a, something that you take because you know you're not getting enough in your diet because our food is depleted of nutrients or we eat too much junk food uh, or not enough healthy food or don't get our veggies or whatever it is, right? And you've been told by uh, marketers that one a day is what you need. One a day Centrum, uh, one a day Theragram, uh, you name it. There's a million of them out there and they're in drugstores and, and, you know, the local Kmart and Walmart and Costco and so on and so forth. And they're pretty cheap. You can get a year's supply of one at Costco for, I think, about 15 bucks or 20 bucks. And uh, then you have to wonder what kind of nutrition do these things hold if that's what they're giving us uh, in terms of cost. It's actually kind of interesting because you can get, you know, 500 ibuprofen at Costco for about that amount of money too. And ibuprofen is made in a lab. Well, so are these vitamins. Uh, these one-a-day vitamins are made in a lab almost entirely. They have no actual food in them. Uh, these are things that are synthetically produced. And so maybe they're not that effective anyway, but what there's, there's more to it than just that. This whole one-a-day uh, proposition how much nutrition can you get in one tablet? Can you get enough to cover all your bases in one tablet? Well, if it is a chemical uh, compound that's been thrown together into a tablet and it's going by the RDA, uh, which I talked about last week on Vitality Radio, as opposed to the optimal daily allowance, then, yeah, I suppose technically you can get enough. But it's interesting because we weren't designed to 
eat once a day, uh, we probably need nutrition throughout the day. So maybe spreading out our vitamins makes some sense, right? Especially the water-soluble vitamins, which the vast majority are. So taking two a day or three a day probably makes more sense than one a day. Just, you know, basic common sense, I think. But also, where are our vitamins supposed to come from? They're supposed to come from food. That's where vitamins are supposed to come from. We're supposed to eat a healthy diet, and we're supposed to get our vitamins from food. And these chemical compounds that they call vitamins, centrum and theragram and so, so on and so forth, are not, they're not food. They're not even related to food. They're so far removed from food that you can't even see food in the background. And so what is the best way to get a vitamin? Well, the best way to get a vitamin is to eat it in food, okay? Absolutely the best. Secondarily, how about a vitamin that is still food, like a whole food vitamin? Uh, If you don't know what that means, I've talked about it on Vitality Radio before, but you can call us and we'll explain what a whole food vitamin is because that's something most people don't know even exists. Or how about a food-based vitamin? You might see those around a little bit and wonder what that means. Well, those ones make a lot of sense to me. In fact, I love food-based vitamins because our bodies are really intelligent, hyper-intelligent, beyond what we can even imagine what we're capable of without us even having to think. Our body just does things, and it does beautiful things. Now, one of the things that it does is it takes puzzle pieces and puts them together. And what I mean by that is if you take vitamin C and you take it with a bioflavonoid, which is the white part of the orange rind or the lemon rind, okay, the part that we throw away for the most part, that's got the bioflavonoids in there things like rutin and hesperidin and things like that. And we know clinically that if you take ascorbic acid, which is pure chemical vitamin C that came from corn but is is so far refined that it's actually refined further than corn syrup, okay, that's ascorbic acid. And if you take ascorbic acid and you put it together with bioflavonoids and you swallow it, it increases the absorption of that vitamin C by about 40% because your body says, oh, food. I recognize food. That's the bioflavonoid. And the vitamin C and the food then can act together and literally, like a puzzle piece fitting together, works at the cell because the cell then recognizes the food and says, come on in, as opposed to the chemical and saying, well, what's that? So we know that. So if we get a really great food-based multivitamin, then you have vitamins that have all the different foods, micronutrients and things like that, proteins, that those vitamins require to be absorbed into the body at the cellular level. So it's actually pretty simple. Your body takes one and one and makes three or four out of it, which is great. So food-based vitamins make more sense, and one-a-day vitamins, even natural ones, just don't because you can't get enough. And so I usually recommend that you at least look at a two-a-day or a three-a-day and uh, the, uh, my, my favorite multivitamin, kind of a funny story, and I've told this on, this on the show before, I formulate supplements for some other companies, including my own. And uh, I formulated this one for a network marketing company that was going to make a big push on energy. Their big push was energy. Everything was energy. But everything that they were selling was caffeinated. And I told them they need to give some support to these people besides just caffeine or they're going to all crash. And that energy they felt for five minutes is going <laughs> to go away real fast. And so they asked me what I would recommend, and I recommended a multivitamin that would support the adrenal glands and the thyroid and, and the endocrine system and, and give people energy in a way that is more uh, health-promoting as opposed to just stimulating. 
and also support the system against the things that were stimulating them. So if you're a coffee drinker or a soda drinker, or you rely on your caffeine and your you know pre-workouts or whatever you're doing, uh, a multivitamin that would actually cover the basis of supporting the adrenals would make a lot of sense. So I developed this thing, and the company was almost out of business before the development was done, and they ended up not taking it. So I had 30,000 capsules of it sitting in my back room at Vitality Nutrition, and we decided to have it bottled. And we put this really goofy label on it that I had made really quickly. And we started selling it. And, and honestly, we were just selling it cheap. I just wanted to get it out of there, you know. So we started selling it, sampling it, giving it away. And all of a sudden, people come back saying, oh, my gosh, this is the first time I've ever taken a multivitamin that really works. I can feel it. I feel more energy. I feel like it's helping me with my stress. They really, really liked it. And within six months, that was our number one selling multivitamin. And it's never gone away, the ultimate vitality multi. But it is a three a day is what I recommend. And you don't necessarily have to take those breakfast, lunch, and dinner. If you will, I think that's ideal. But you can take all three at breakfast. A lot of people do that just to give them a lift in the morning. So one a day vitamins, eh, not so good. Chemical vitamins, not so good. Let's go with food-based or whole food vitamins. And if you have more questions, of course, call us at Vitality, 801-292-6662. How about fish oil? Do we all need fish oil? Do we need omega-3s? What the heck are they about? Well, the answer is yes. We need omega-3s. They are essential to our health. Absolutely. The question is, how much do we need? And is that one krill oil capsule that we're taking, that omega red, or that uh, one or two fish oil capsules that we're taking, is that enough? And the answer, according to science, is absolutely not. Now, I had Stuart Tomp on here talking about uh, omega-3s and CBD, which I'm going to talk about CBD a little bit in just a minute. And what uh, he talked about was how this researcher who's researching brain trauma has megadosed people with omega-3 and then given them CBD, and they're having life-altering results with PTSD, uh, brain trauma, uh, concussions, post-concussion syndrome, you know, so on and so forth. These types of things by megadosing that, that uh, omega-3. And what we're finding in research, and this is according to the Mayo Clinic's website, is that if we don't take about 1,800 or more milligrams of omega-3 a day, we're not getting enough to make an actual difference in how we feel, a clinically significant difference in how our bodies respond. And a typical omega-3 capsule has 300 milligrams. So if we're taking 300 milligrams a day instead of 1,800 milligrams a day, it's a bit of a drop in the bucket, right? So what if we take two of those or three? Well, we're still only at six or 900 milligrams. You've really got to take six or seven of a typical omega-3 to get in that 18 to 2,000 milligram range. And so you want to be wary of that. And I'm not talking Costco omega-3 versus Vitality omega-3. I'm talking omega-3 no matter where you buy it. Most of it's 300 milligrams per capsule. Some of it's 600 milligrams per capsule. They are starting to uh, get wise and, and, and bumping the dose up a little bit. There is one that a Utah company makes that is really cool that's over 1,000 milligrams per capsule, one called Nutrigold. And uh, I love that omega-3. And then there's another one that uh, – we fell in love with because it was omega-3 plus astaxanthin, one of the most powerful fat-soluble antioxidants, meaning that it actually protects the fatty tissue in the body, which is important because that's a 
It's very liver protective. It's very eye protective. It's very heart protective. And it has anti-aging properties as well, astaxanthin. And then coenzyme Q10, which is critical for heart health, and that's called the Vital 5 Omega-3. So that one is a, is a good one. You have to take three of those ones a day. You have to take two of this other one a day. But the most important thing to understand is that one or two a day of just about any fish oil is not going to be the amount you need for actually clinically significant results. And that's the big misconception I want to clear up because most of the bottles say take one a day. Some say take two a day. And very rarely they actually tell you how much you really need. Now, there are exceptions to this. If you're using flaxseed uh, or flaxseed oil, if you're taking fish oil from some other source, or if you're eating fish. And so if you're confused about how much you actually need to supplement, uh, give us a call. We'll help you out with that. It's 801-292-6662. Now, I've got a couple more misconceptions I want to clear up, but I am going to go to a quick break so I can collect my thoughts. And when I come back, we're going to talk about pain relief. Is there such a thing as natural pain relief that really works? Because I think there's a big misconception out there that there isn't. And are over-the-counter pain relievers as safe as you think? We'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to me, Jared St. Clair, on Vitality Radio. After decades of helping people with their nutritional supplement needs, I have observed something that seems almost universal. People seem to have a lot of products that they have experimented with. Some might have been recommended by a blogger online, others from a magazine article, and yet another by a friend or family member. Information is coming at us at a rapid pace nowadays, and everyone has an opinion. The problem is that there is only one really big wild card in health and nutrition, and that wild card is you. I know you've heard the infomercials, seen the ads, or talked to that neighbor who has that cure-all product that can do it all for your health. The problem is that supplement doesn't exist. What's right for your neighbor isn't always right for you. At Vitality Nutrition, we've been asking the right questions for years. What I mean by this is, we don't just sell supplements, we consult with our clients and ask them the key questions needed to make sure we match the right supplement to the right person. If you feel better about a team approach to your health, give us a call and one of our well-educated Vitality team members will answer your questions and help you find just what it is that you need to address your health concerns naturally. You can reach us at 801-292-6662, that's 801-292-6662, or drop us an email, info at vitalityradiopod.com, that's info at vitalityradiopod.com. Okay, so I was talking about uh, misconceptions before I uh, left you a minute ago, and I wanted to hit you with a couple more. Before I do that, remember that Vitality Radio is always brought to you by Vitality Nutrition and Bountiful at 107 South, 500 West. You can call us at 801-292-6662. If you have any questions about anything you hear on the show, 801-292-6662. Okay, so misconception number three that I want to talk about. Over-the-counter pain relievers are safe if taken as recommended. And then I want to talk about this. Acetaminophen, that is Tylenol, overdose sends as many as 78,000 Americans to the emergency room annually and results in 33,000 hospitalizations a year. 
according to federal data. Acetaminophen is also the nation's leading cause of acute liver failure, even more than alcohol, according to data from an ongoing study funded by the National Institutes of Health. Now, while most experts and health officials agree that when taken as recommended, Tylenol and other medications containing acetaminophen are relatively risk-free, however, the new report points out taking twice or sometimes even just a little bit more than the daily recommended dose of four grams of Tylenol over the course of a few days can result in severe illness and even death. It's estimated that somewhere between 20 and 40,000 people a year die because of regular over-the-counter painkiller usage. Now, in that quote that I read to you uh, from an article in Huffington Post, it talks about 78,000 Americans sent to an emergency room annually as a result of overdose of acetaminophen. But what's interesting is when you look at overdose with acetaminophen, wouldn't you think, oh, well, yeah, you're supposed to take two and I took 12? No, no, that's not actually right at all. You take, you're supposed to take two and you take three that's an overdose when it comes to acetaminophen. In fact, depending on your body weight, depending on your alcohol intake and your liver health, a regular dose of Tylenol can send you to the hospital with acute liver failure, a regular dose. And yet we have Tylenol in everything. It's, acetaminophen is all over the place, and it's especially prevalent in children's over-the-counter medicines. Please, 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 please consider alternatives other than giving Tylenol to your kids. I think it is terrible stuff. A child's liver is not fully developed until they're about 9 or 10 years old. And here we are giving them a liver toxin more powerful than alcohol. A liver toxin more powerful than alcohol at these little tiny, you know, infant do- uh, stages of our lives. It's uh, it's a tragedy. If you ask me, I really, really don't like it. So the question is, what can you do? If you're trying, if, you, if you've got chronic pain, uh, your hips hurt, your elbows hurt, your fingers, your knees, whatever it is, right? You've got chronic pain. Is there anything natural that can actually help? And the answer is yes. And I will say this, it's so important for you to understand this. I've been doing this since I was a little guy, like seven years old. And I remember a day when people would come in for arthritis pain and all we had to offer them was cod liver oil or yucca capsules. A lot of you don't even know what that is. And that's okay because we don't recommend yucca that much anymore because it can help. But, you know, I mean, we literally, our arthritis section, we didn't have an arthritis section. When people could ask for arthritis, we were giving them alfalfa, cod liver oil, and yucca. And they could help. But, I mean, they just weren't that good. And then all of a sudden glucosamine came out. Glucosamine, it was like, yes, glucosamine, we have something that actually works. Eh, it works okay. It works really well for some people. It worked a lot better than the other stuff we had. But then came along something fairly recently called turmeric, which, of course, has been in use in Asian, or, sorry, Indian medicine, Ayurvedic medicine for 5,000-plus years. But turmeric, amazing stuff. But here's one of the misconceptions. You might read that turmeric with black pepper – is the best or turmeric powder if you make your own drinks or something is the best and this is where i want to get at with turmeric and i don't have much time to do it and it's important turmeric is not easily absorbed by the human body it's pretty tough and unless you're cooking like the indians do and you're making curry twice a day out of turmeric and eating it all day long you're not getting enough if you're just taking a powder and throwing it in your blender with your smoothie or you're taking a capsule that has turmeric and black pepper. 
you can get good results with both of those. I don't want to say that you can't get good results because you can. They're both a lot better than no turmeric at all. But there is a specific form of turmeric that I have found to be so much more effective than the others. It's called BCM95. Uh, specifically, the brand name that I like because I trust the company is Curamed uh, by Terry Naturally. And I've actually had Terry on my radio show a couple of times. And Curamed is unique because the BCM95 has been clinically proven gram for gram to be literally 500 times stronger than pure turmeric powder. 500 times stronger in terms of how your body absorbs it and utilizes it. And it's because they're able to isolate the essential oils from the turmeric. And we all are starting to learn how powerful essential oils are. And preserve them during the concentration of the plant and then they put the two together put it in a capsule and in one capsule a day or two a day depending on what you're using it for you get all the turmeric you need and it is easily the best turmeric i've ever had any experience with people absolutely love it it's even being used with conventional medicine for cancer treatment uh in some hospitals now Really quite phenomenal stuff. And then the other thing that's a big misconception, you may have heard of CBD. You've certainly heard of cannabis. You've heard of medical marijuana. You think it's illegal in Utah, and it is. But what's hemp CBD is not. Hemp CBD, which has no THC, and so it can't make you high. It's not psychoactive. It's legal, and it's available. And we love it. It is so good for chronic pain. It's so good for anxiety and things like that. It interacts directly with the human nervous system because there is an actual receptor site for cannabidiol called the endocannabinoid system where cannabinoids from plants can actually interact and get in there and create less trauma on the nervous system. So if there is a nervous system ailment of any kind, CBD has a potential use. And I'll tell you, in all the years that I've done this, and I've done it my whole life, I've never seen anything that universally seems to have the impact that CBD does. Almost everybody that uses it finds that it works really, really well for something that they're dealing with. And the, the primary uses that people are using it for, anxiety, depression, uh, uh PTSD-type stuff, uh, chronic pain, neuropathy, uh, neurological disorders, all kinds of things. CBD is amazing. It is There is a fight right now as to whether, whether or not it's going to stay legal because there is a drug company in England trying to get a patent on it so that they can make it into a drug and charge thousands of dollars a pill. Where right now you can get a month's supply for like 35 or 40 bucks for most people. But CBD is legal. It is very, very safe, and I have seen fantastic results with it. I've had so far just one uh, person that's ever used it that really reported that it, it bothered their system significantly. And so really, really great stuff and uh, legal and available. So give us a call if you have questions on that, 801-292-6662. The last misconception that I want to get to before I close the show is that water is all I need to hydrate my cells. Is that a misconception? Do you feel like you're getting plenty of hydration as long as you're drinking plenty of water? Maybe you think that Gatorade is the answer or Powerade. Ugh, I hope not. Hey, I mean, if it's good enough for the NFL, right, or the NBA, it's got to be good enough for me. Well, at least they're half right with the Gatorade thing. Electrolytes are critical. It can't just be water. And it shouldn't ever be tap water. 
tap water is just absolutely disgusting stuff. It's got so many so many chemicals in it, especially chlorine. It's so hard on your system. It's so hard on you cellularly. So get your purified water. Get a purifier. Get a Brita filter. Get something that's going to take most of that stuff out. You will be a happier person. At least your body will be happier because of it. But then add some minerals. We are deficient in minerals. And rather than going the um, Gatorade route or the Powerade route, you got your kids uh, in football, right, uh, or basketball or soccer or whatever, and they're sweating their guts out uh, playing, or you're doing it. You're a runner, a cyclist, a triathlete, a weekend warrior, whatever it is, and you're sweating a lot. You are sweating out electrolytes. They're right in those Gatorade commercials. Absolutely. But Gatorade only addresses sodium and potassium. It doesn't even remember the mineral that we're all deficient in just about, and that's magnesium. Such a big deal. So there are drops that you can take that you add to your water that if you dilute it correctly, you don't even notice they're there. You miss out on all those artificial colors. I know. You miss out on all the sugar. I get it. But is that a bad thing? Maybe not. You can hydrate well with just minerals and water, and it can change things in a big way. If you're deficient in magnesium, which so many people are, you can have leg cramps, restless legs, uh, muscle soreness and tightness, that uh, tight tension around the neck and shoulders that you get, tension headaches, migraines. These can all be caused by magnesium deficiency or an imbalance of magnesium versus sodium and potassium. So sometimes even taking something like Gatorade could make it worse, not better. And certainly all the calcium that we have in our society now makes that deficiency worse. So if you don't like the idea of drops, there is a magnesium form that's relatively new that I have fallen in love with called magnesium glycinate. And if you deal with any of those things, tight muscles or tendons, ligaments, things like that, if you deal with headaches, if you deal with uh, an inability to sleep peacefully through the night, if you deal with any kind of constipation issues, magnesium can be fantastic. And if you want to do it in a pill form, it's magnesium glycinate. If you want to do it in a liquid form, it's, mag it's uh, mineral drops. One of my favorites is called Concentrase, but there's another one called Omni Blue. There's quite a few really, really good ones on the market that you can add to your water, and that will make your cells far more hydrated than water on its own. So great for athletes, but really great for everybody. One of my Vital Five, if you're not familiar with the Vital Five, it's omega-3s, it's multivitamin, it's uh, enzymes, probiotics, and, of course, trace minerals. Those are the big five that I think everybody would benefit from supplementing. And there you go. There's your show about misconceptions and propaganda and all that good stuff. Of course, every week I bring you Vitality Radio. I've been doing it for almost nine years. It'll be nine years next month, in fact. And I really appreciate any minute that you give to me listening to what I have to say about health, nutrition, fitness, and beyond. Thank you so much. I love your comments. Please leave them on Facebook. Come tell it to me in person at Vitality, 107 South, 500 West. You can call us at 801-292-6662. If you have any questions about anything you heard on the show today, that's how I can be reached. 801-292-6662. Thank you so much for listening to me. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. been listening to the vitality radio podcast enjoy your week in the meantime jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it 
Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair, produced by Elizabeth Joy Windham, with very limited help from Jared. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.